you might empathize with Katrina. She was a mid-level director who was pacing back and forth as I talked to her, describing her problems with customer service and employee retention. She said, I can't improve either one, but I don't have time to develop people. I know I should, but it's a constant crisis around here. We're backed up, missing deadlines left and right, and any time I take away from work for development conversations is costing me on our KPIs. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome to Season 4. It is such a pleasure to have you with us, and I appreciate your investment in your own leadership. Uh, Thank you for your questions, for the comments that you sent in. Uh, I've even gotten text messages from people who've got my phone number, past clients, and so forth, Uh, and just love to know how the show is helping you. As we start Season 4, I want to ask a couple things of you, a couple of ways that you can help. First is spread the word. Who are the managers, the leaders in your life that can go on this journey with you and who could really benefit and be helped in their leadership and management with these kinds of practical tools? Share the podcast with them. You can find it at leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com and they can take it from there. The next thing I want to ask is, who are the great managers and the great leaders in your life? Over the next few seasons, I'd really like to talk with managers who are doing a great job. So if you know somebody, they don't have to be perfect, but if there's something they're doing, if there's a way that they lead that you really appreciate, let me know, and let's see if we can't set up a time to talk with them. It can be five minutes. It doesn't have to be a big lengthy interview, but we'd love to hear from those leaders, those managers who are out there making a difference every day. And as always, I love to answer your questions. So if you haven't submitted a question, you haven't sent one in, maybe today's the day to do that. I'll show you how at the end of the show. Let's get back to Katrina. So Katrina is facing a challenge that many, many leaders have, and it's that feeling that you've never got enough time, and how am I going to develop my people? And I know they need to grow, but I I can't do that. Well, let's take a breath and start with the understanding that we've talked about in the past when it comes to managing time and your productivity and identifying your MITs, your most important things. And that is that you will never have enough time. You just won't. It's a fact of life. You can't do everything. I've never met a manager ever, not anywhere around the the globe, that has extra time, that has a surplus of time. It's never going to happen. The number of things you could do today will always exceed the time you have available to do them. Now, that said, developing people is one of the very most important top-of-the-list leadership responsibilities that you have. When leaders claim that they don't have time to develop people, to me it usually means they've misunderstood their responsibility. So here are a couple of errors that creep in with that thinking. You know, One is that, well, I've got to take care of the customer right now, so I can't take care of the employee. These aren't mutually exclusive. Taking care of the customer with your team member and not instead of your team member will help develop and grow them. Investing in your people is going to help them take care of future situations without your direct help, and that's going to give you more time. Another error that you see commonly with leaders and managers around development is that, well, HR can handle it. Very common. 
Your human resource team can support you and your team. They can make the training available. They can coordinate growth opportunities. But as a leader, you're the only one who can help your people to grow right now where they are. There is no substitute for your leadership, and you can't outsource people's growth to someone who isn't a direct part of their journey. And then finally, the misunderstanding, the error in thinking that developing people takes too long. Many well-intentioned leaders can make this mistake, and you might feel like you need an hour to have a, a deep coaching conversation, but you don't have that hour. You may want to take a couple of non-existent hours to put your thoughts together in a rousing motivational speech that's going to fuel your team's performance, but that's not how the real world works. Winning teams aren't built by stirring halftime speeches. They're built one micro-engagement at a time. So the secret to developing people when you feel like you don't have the time is that idea of the micro-engagement. It's true, your time is limited, so you've got to be laser-focused and make the most of every opportunity. It's amazing what you can achieve in 30 seconds or a minute when you're prepared to do it. And that's the secret of micro-engagement. Consistent, short development will win every time. In order to do this, you've got to know what your people need. So you can use the confidence-competence model that we've talked about in previous episodes, to identify who needs what. So just a quick review. Everyone is on a continuum of confidence. They're either highly confident, mid-confidence, low confidence, as well as competence. How good are they at what they do? Highly competent or not so much? And the intersection of their competence and their confidence gives you different ways to engage with your people. So if someone is highly competent and low confidence, they're better than they think they are. They need your encouragement. If someone is highly competent and highly confident, they need to be challenged. If someone is not as good as they think they are, they're high confidence but low competence, that person needs to be coached. And if somebody is low in both regards, low competence, low confidence, they need training, they need teaching. You don't want to waste your time or their attention encouraging someone who needs a challenge or coaching someone who needs encouragement. Once you know what they need, be on the lookout for a chance to share it. Keep it short. Keep it focused. That's the magic of micro-engagement. When time gets tight, encouraging and challenging your competent employees, that's one of the first behaviors that managers let go of. Problem is, you get more what you encourage and celebrate, so you don't want to lose that. you got to take the time to do it. You always have 10 seconds to look someone in the eye and tell them that they did a good job. How long does it take to say things like, you had fantastic empathy and patience with that customer. I know it's not easy when we're this busy, and you did a great job. Or how about, hey, I appreciate the dissenting perspective that you shared. It keeps us thinking, and it makes sure we don't make dumb mistakes. Those are moments of encouragement that take 15 seconds. That's all. How about challenge? Maybe it looks like this. You did a masterful job bringing that project in on time. Would you be willing to start our next team meeting with a five-minute overview of how you did it? Some of the newer team members could really benefit from your wisdom. Or let's say you've got somebody who needs coaching. That conversation might be something like, Hey, I noticed that you didn't follow the client's request on the design specification. What's going on there? 
and then assuming that it's not a justified reason. Okay, well, how about you rework it to spec and bring it to me by four this afternoon? We'll take a look at it together. These conversations don't have to take long, and they have a development outcome to them. How about somebody who needs training? Hey there, would you be interested if I could show you a faster way to find that information uh, and solve that problem more quickly? And of course, it will take a moment to actually show them, but the developmental conversation doesn't have to take long. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. We have got a great question today that I'm going to answer in just a moment, but yes, I love to answer your questions. Send in your question. You can do it one of two ways. You can email it to me, david.die, at letsgrowleaders.com, or you can record it by going to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. Click the orange button. You can record your question, leave us your name, where you're from, and we'll use that in a future episode. Love to hear from you. So today's question is from Dustin, and he's replying to an earlier episode about uh, managing our MITs, the most important thing, um, knowing what matters most, and, and focusing your work on the areas that have the greatest strategic importance. David, I'm trying to get focused on the MIT, but I have a problem. It seems like there are competing priorities throughout our organization, and I don't know where to focus. It's very frustrating, and I don't know which MIT to choose. Do you have any suggestions? Now, Dustin's question is very real and very common, unfortunately. So if you're in an organization that has competing priorities and perhaps your senior leaders are not on the same page, there are a couple different strategies you can use here. Um, the first and the one that I most prefer is to, to have a direct conversation. It's to go and preferably get them in a room together if you can. Um, but if not, you need to start with your own, your own leader and then go from there and explain what's happening. Hey, listen, from where I sit, it looks like we've got competing priorities. Uh, on the one hand, the team's been asked to do this, and on the other, uh, we've been asked to do this. And I'm finding that challenging to figure out how to do both. I'm curious if you've got any suggestions there, or if one of those is more important than the other and I should be prioritizing differently, or if we can have a conversation about that, because these don't seem to be aligned, and maybe I'm missing something. So when you have a conversation like that, you're approaching it with confident humility. You want to perform. You want your team to do a great job. Uh, you're not coming across as a know-it-all. You're looking for input. And even if you are pretty confident that you know, your senior leadership is a mess and they haven't got things together and they have conflicting priorities that they haven't worked out, you don't want to go in and just lay everybody out with that kind of thing. A little bit of humility saying, so I noticed that, and this is what I'm struggling with, and I'd be curious about your perspective, and it would be helpful if we could get this aligned. Makes it more likely that people are going to be able to engage in that conversation. Now, in an ideal world, that will be sufficient, and you get a good conversation going, and you get the alignment you need. But we live in the real world, and sometimes that does happen, but sometimes it doesn't. And there are political issues or infighting or things that are going on that you're not going to be able to get resolved. 
when that happens, you've got to make a strategic choice uh, about what is going to be most helpful for your team, for your department, for your customers, for your career. And often that's going to start with your supervisor. What is their strategic priority? What is their boss's boss need most? And so long as we're not talking about anything unethical or you know any challenging that way, it's a matter of prioritizing what is going to do the most good in the situation you're in. So you're not always going to be able to get that clarity from other people. So where do you look for it? Well, you ask what matters most to your customer. Uh, you ask what is keeping your boss's boss up at night, that two-level thinking. What are the goals they need to achieve or the, the pain that they need to avoid? And how does your team's work most contribute to that? In the absence of those things, start looking at what's going to make the most impact. What's going to have the most positive effect on the product that you deliver, the service that you provide, uh, whether you're serving internal customers or external customers, what's going to do the best for them, and then you focus on those things. So ideally, have the conversation, get the alignment, be the spark that creates that, and if that doesn't work, then choose based on those criteria. Dustin, thanks again for that question, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Remember, effective development conversations happen in the work, not apart from it. You don't need to wait for the next retreat, offsite, or performance review to give your people the development feedback that they desperately need. Help them grow through the daily interactions you already have. You don't have time not to. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.